0: Today I am going to answer some questions or a question so every other Tuesday what I'm going to do actually is answer a parent question um, so it's just going to be me so today the question that I have is what is the best way to diffuse a teen who is in the middle of a temper flare-up and how should we respond in the moment when both the teens and the parents are extremely frustrated This actually reminds me of something that I deal with on a regular basis, which is every time I start cooking and my kitchen is this open concept kitchen with the fire alarm right there. And if every time I cook, my fire alarm starts going off. And the first few times this happened, I would completely panic. And I would be, my daughter and I would be like yelling and running around and going, oh my God, what do we do? And we're trying to turn it off and we're trying to fan it. And we're just like freaking out. And the fire alarm keeps going and going and going and it stresses us out. And then I get afraid. I don't even want to cook, right? Like this is so stressful. After a while, I finally learned that if I put the vent on over when I'm cooking, it prevents the fire alarm from going off most of the time. And so I can have a calm, nice dinner where I can cook and cook nicely. Or if the fire alarm does come off, I've now learned that there's a chair that I can pull right out underneath it. I've got a little stick, it's too high up for me, that's short, got a little stick that I can go and I can turn it off right away. So when it happens, I stay calm, I pull out my chair, I jump on my chair, I turn it off, we open the windows, all is good and we continue cooking. And this only happens when I forget to do the vet, which I do occasionally, not as much anymore. The reason I bring this story up is because I want you to think about your child's temper flare up or their big emotions as their pet brains fire alarm. What happens with these emotions is that something triggers them to feel like they're in danger. And, you know, the brain is set to protect us, and it's been that way for hundreds of thousands of years, where it is on high alert. And when it finds something that we, it needs to protect us from, it shuts down all the prefrontal cortex and all the things it doesn't need, and it brings up all the, the chemicals and releases all the chemicals it needs, and it tightens up the body so that it's ready to, for fight or flight this is what happens when our kids have those big emotions. Now you're thinking, well, what are they triggered by? It could be anything. It could be some things that are just, they are having a bad hair day. That was mine growing up. They're having a bad hair day or something stressful at school happened, or they came home and they were burnt and fried and didn't have a great day. And you said, how was your day? And they don't want to talk about it and they lose it right? There's a lot of things right there that just trigger them. But what happens is that fire alarm goes off. So regardless of what sets it off, we are now in the moment of when it is going off. And that's when there's smog and there's noise and we're all getting kind of frantic too because we just want to calm it and stop it, right? So often our reaction is either telling them that what they're dealing with isn't that bad and they need to stop, Or we try to calm them down and we kind of get frustrated because they won't come down. Or a lot of times we may also get emotional and get pulled into it, right? When my daughter and I were yelling and screaming and trying to figure out how to stop it at first. And we start pulling into more emotion, which just triggers it and it goes on and on and on because we haven't figured out how to stop it. So when your kids are having these moments, think of it again as the fire alarm here's what you want to do instead. First, if the fire alarm has gone off and you're already in the middle of it, as hard as it is, you want to stay calm because only when we are calm and able to use our executive functioning, can we come up with a solution and we won't be adding adding to the problem, right? So we want to stay calm. And the best way to do this is to think about my child, when they come home from school maybe or in the mornings when they're really tired tend to lose their temper or tend to kind of melt down i'm going to think ahead of time how am i going to respond to that so like with my smoke alarm i know that my chair is there i pull it out and i put it with a stick to turn it off so my kids are melting down how am i going to re- respond how am i going to stay calm in that moment prepare yourself because when you're in that moment and the sound is going off and everyone's motions are heightened, you're not gonna be able to think rationally on how do I stay calm? And you're gonna immediately go to your typical response. That's how our bodies and brains work, right? If you think ahead of time, how am I gonna stay calm? What's my plan to stay calm? What keeps me calm in that moment? Then you're prepared and you're able to handle the situation first. So the first thing is figure out how you're gonna respond ahead of time to when your kids melt down. Because here's the thing. We can help them through the process, but we can't stop the process. And we don't have any say on how they're going to respond or react to something, how they're going to feel about it, how big those emotions are. So our the only thing we're able to do is we're going to have to help them through it. As, and if the calmer we are, the faster they'll be able to work through it right? And then we start giving them more techniques. And this is kind of the second phase is, okay, I know that my smoke alarm goes off when I cook because all of my it's an open concept and it's right there and it gets set off. So it's to prevent that, I turn on the fan. So think about what are the things that tend to set your kids off the most? When is it? Like I said, mornings are a big one because they're tired and cranky after school is a big one because they're exhausted. What are the times or what are the things that tend to trigger them the most? And how can we either avoid it? Like maybe we don't bring up chores the second they walk in the door. Maybe we give them the space in the morning. If they're late for school and it happens around there, maybe we figure out another way to make sure that we can get need more time or we go to school a little bit later, right? So what are the things that we can do to try to prevent those triggers if, there's a, if it's at all possible. The other thing we can do then is when they're already calm. So not in the middle, in the heat of the moment. Once the alarm is off, all we can do is figure out how to turn it off. We can try to prevent it from going off to begin with, but what we can also do is figure out how do we help them through those emotions How do we help give them better ways to effectively work through and control those really big emotions when they're in that state of fight or flight? We can't reason and do that when they're in the middle of it. That's not a good time to teach them to breathe or to teach them how to focus on something or to give them some other techniques because they're not hearing it at that moment. After it's all said and done. We've got through it as, carefully as quickly as we possibly can, which again, we don't have control over how fast or slow it's going to take them. We just can prevent adding to it. When they're calm and we say, okay, we understand that in the mornings, getting out of school, getting out on time, we keep getting into these conflicts. And I understand it's really, it pressures me. It pressures you. Let's figure out how we can do this differently. Let's come up with a different plan. Or I understand when you get in this moment and you start panicking that you kind of, you can't, you you start yelling or you get really frustrated or you start yelling and saying mean things to me, which really hurts my feelings. What can we do instead? It's not saying don't feel that way or don't respond. It's saying when you respond, when you feel these emotions, what is another way for you to handle it? Let's try different things. We'll try this, see if it works. We'll practice it when you're calm. Let's do it together. I'm going to do this because I start losing it. So what I'm going to try is this. We start trying to find things. The important thing is to, is not to put it as a shame, like, oh, you lose it. You can't, you have no control or, you know, we don't, we don't want to shame them on feeling those emotions. They are what they are. They're the, the emotions. We want to accept those emotions. This is difficult for you. I get that. Let's figure out other ways to do it. And we're doing this together. I'm helping you succeed in finding other ways. Not getting mad at you for being frustrating and not listening to me when I try to calm you down. Right? So this is really understanding where they're coming from. How do we prepare ahead of time, proactively prepare how we're going to respond when they melt meltdown melt so that we don't get pulled into it? How can we prevent having those triggers is at all possible that might set them off a lot? and understanding what those are and how do we help them learn more effective coping skills to handle those big emotions or how to more effectively express their feelings when they're feeling that way to get what they need because most of the time those big responses are because they need something and they don't know how to ask for it so That's the final answer I have for how to handle big emotions. Think of it as the fire alarm. What do you do about the fire alarm? When you see that, go, okay, what is the best thing I can do to slow this down and to turn it off as quickly as I can, which is letting them go through it without me reacting more to it. All right. If you have any other questions, please submit them. You can send them to me in my Facebook group and I will be answering these every other Tuesday and every other Tuesday from that. We'll be having guests on talking about different really important topics with our teens and our relationships with them. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.ask drcam.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS. So you'll never miss a show again. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.